Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. Years ago, Catholics would greet each other with that instead of saying, hey, how you doing? When you walk into St. John Cantus Church in Chicago, if you look up, right when you come in the main doors, you'll see two angels holding a banner. Nyek Benji Profilone Jesus Christus. Of course, for Poles, the response is Nyek Veki Fanum. Same thing. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. I'm going to start some of these episodes this way. We'll talk a little bit. It's been way too long since we've had a good episode on here. Almost a year. Today, the Feast of St. Joseph. Your host, John Manos, President of the Bellarmine Forum. I sat down to just record this, talk a little bit about St. Joseph, because he is, he really is. God gave him dominion over so much. The care of his own son care of the Blessed Mother, and then the care of the Church. So happy Feast Day of St. Joseph. I hope you had a chance. I know uh, Terry Alois, who's been on here before, sets up a, a Joseph table in Chicago. I know I've heard about Joseph tables here and there. It's a devotion spreading around. Maybe you had a, a Joseph table at your parish today. If you did, I'd like to know about it. Put it in the comments on the podcast. Speaking of the podcast, a little bit of an update. The long-form interviews are good. And the channel that you're subscribed to, I'm having a debate. Would you rather just see everything in one channel? One of the things that we've had some requests for that we'd like to try out is having audio recordings of the daily devotions. For instance, through the month of March, we've had the Lent daily devotions, and those for St. Joseph. There's a good 20, 30 people, not entirely the same between them, that religiously go and, and, and catch those every day. Some have asked to get them by email. I wonder if it's worth the trouble to put them in audio format. It seems that being on the go, being in the car, people might prefer that. Maybe we'd reach some more people. Maybe the people that read them would prefer to keep reading them, and that nothing, none of that's going to change. I guess the question is, would you feel like that clutters up your podcast feed? Should we split it into two podcasts? Maybe have the Bellum Informed podcast and then have Bellum Informed devotionals. If you subscribe to both, you get both. No change there. You see everything. Or maybe have one channel that gets everything, so you could just subscribe to one thing and get everything and have long-form interviews mixed in with little short segments like this is going to be today. But I felt like we had been neglecting our podcast listeners. As a matter of fact, a number of you told me that we were, and, and, and so I felt great pressure to get back on the ball to record something, and hopefully this uh, scratches that itch for, for, our, for our loyal audience. I've missed you guys. I've missed the uh, – and when the feedback would come, I'd say, I know, and I – I know that several of the guests that have been on, uh, co-hosts uh, that you've uh, heard so far, keep promising, we got to do it, we got to do another one, we got to do another one. DJAC and I have been saying that for probably a year, but we haven't done it yet. Meanwhile, you guys that enjoy this content have been deprived. I'm going to read for a moment on the Feast of St. Joseph. Let's see if I can uh, read interestingly. I like to sit down with you and talk, but just... You keep doing what you're doing. I'll read this. We're taking this from a 
Father John Harden's Modern Catholic Dictionary. And I don't know if you caught that recently. I thought it was hilarious on one of the posts I did recently. I, so I got accused of being a modernist. A modernist. Because I gave a quote from the Modern Catholic Dictionary. I had the feeling that person really didn't know what that word means. But that's okay. We it was uh we got picked up and uh, reblogged into uh, deep recesses of uh, uh, shall we say uh, very very traditional Pius V kind of places, and so they just knee jerked to seeing a Catholic source that was after 1950 and assumed it was naturally heretical, which it was not. Uh, hopefully, that person realizes there's still good people that uh, uh, are in the church today. We could talk for that for an hour with all the stuff that's been going on. I guess I've, since I've seen this stuff through the years, I feel like when our Lord asked the apostles, they, to whom would you go? And St. Peter said, nowhere, Lord. You, you have the words of eternal life. There is nowhere else to go. Which means, as Father Harden would say, God's asking us to endure this mess. Endure it with him. His blessed mother will take care of it. We know that. It's, yeah, it's pretty bad. Press is pretty bad. And then, the, you know, it's even worse because one of the reasons I've kind of refrained from getting into stuff is this outrage mongering that everybody gets into. Have you guys noticed that? Like, I don't know. I've seen this cycle with a number of probably the same people that you check out on Twitter and on blogs and stuff like that where they're they're all feeling like they just learned about this stuff for the first time. Why? Because they can get their emotions out, get you invested in it, get you riled up with them. And and I get it. Noisy social media, that's what gets people going, but it's not always the healthiest for your spiritual life. Sometimes in moments like this, just getting back to your rosary, getting back to regular devotions, getting back to the catechetical things, it's really what you need because, I mean, what did our Lord do when the storm was going on the boat? He slept. Eh. I don't think our Lord's asking us to sleep on the boat with him during these storms in the church, but maybe he is. I don't get too, uh, too worked up and I don't let the news toy with my emotions. Maybe that's the, maybe that's the way I have to deal with it. Maybe, Maybe you like being mad. Maybe you like having uh, being led around by the uh, the nose of emotions. And, and some things, I mean, let's not fool ourselves. A lot of this stuff is things that righteous anger is appropriate over. And I, I think when it comes up, here I am, and we could go into a whole other topic here. I don't know how you approach those things. Uh, for me, yeah, I mean, if somebody's telling you, did you see, did you see, did you see, did you see... And they're, they're wound up. I, I mean, I listen, but is it really worth getting your whole life thrown up, uh, thrown over upside down and getting your, your, your whole piece bent out of shape? We know these things are going on. We knew it was bad because the Blessed Mother showed up to three little children in Fatima, Portugal. And what's the first thing she told them? Hell is real and people go there. Hmm. Got to be pretty bad to do that for little kids, you think? But look at the voices around us today. Recently, I saw something in the National Catholic Reporter, 
And the, the quote, I'm, I'm just roughly quoting here. It's not a direct quote of the, I'm just going off memory. But the author said, you know, I don't care what everybody says. I don't even care what Jesus says. I just don't believe there's a hell. That's a modernist. And they're all around. But can you blame them? In this sense, this person turns out has problems. Somebody else had found more about. And you may have seen that post. I put it up on their Bellum Forum page so that people could see this was out there. And one of the readers found a, another quote from that author where she said, oh, she's been into divination, she's had her palms read, and she's done all this stuff, and she hasn't been struck with lightning yet. I'd say she's still expecting it because she said yet. People like that, I guess that you can find them in Ecclesiastes and Sirach. They're always around. People that want to challenge God. Isn't that what St. Paul did? I think saying a Hail Mary for that person is probably worth it. They need it. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us. Let's get into St. Joseph. Father Hardin tells us he was the spouse of the Virgin Mary and foster father of Jesus. His name is an abbreviated form of the Hebrew Joseph. Sorry, guys. Yehoseph. Maybe I should have tried saying that before I uh, start a recording. Which means, may Yahweh give an increase. He was a descendant of David and natural relative of Mary, but the degree of kinship is not known. His father is called Jacob, though he is said to have been the son of Heli, perhaps by some kind of adoption. Hegesippus is the second century, in the second century, identifies one of his brothers, Cleophas, who was called the uncle of Jesus. Cleophas, I guess. We don't know where Joseph was born. I didn't know that. That's not in the dictionary. That's my editorial comment there. It may have been at Bethlehem, as the apology of Justin the martyr suggests, or Nazareth, where Mary lived. According to the evangelist, he was a workman. In Greek, that's tecton. Father Harden has that in there. I'm not saying that because I'm half Greek, but that's actually in Father Hardin's text, Tecton, which tradition has interpreted to mean carpenter, although he may have engaged in other kinds of labor too, as circumstances in a Jewish village would require. Hmm. Let's pause for a minute. Think of that. St. Joseph was kind of like a handyman, a fix-it guy. So that kind of makes sense why he'd be in charge of everything because he knows how to fix stuff and make it work and make it better again. That's pretty cool. Do you ever think of St. Joseph that way before? seems like they always show him with the hammer and, the, you know, and the uh, right angle because he's going to write things up. But, uh, and then, you know, the pictures, the paintings always show him with a table or something. But I don't know, at least the way Father Hardin says it there, it makes it more like, you know, something big's broken, he can get in there and fix it. Let's go back to Father Hardin. The Proto-Evangelium of James and other Apocrypha, wishing to safeguard Mary's virginity and explain the term brethren of the Lord in Matthew thirteen fifty-five, present Joseph as an old man and widower with children by a previous marriage. But the exertions demanded for supporting a family and for making a long journeys practically exclude old age. 
the brethren of Jesus are explained as relatives, either on the side of Cleophas or of a sister of Mary. I never thought about that part. You know, some of those some of those images show him like really old and decrepit. He wouldn't have been able to go on the flight to Egypt, would he? Joseph's marriage took place before the incarnation, since he and Mary are called spouses before the Annunciation. When the gospel says that Mary was a virgin promised, this refers to Jewish matrimonial rites, which distinguished espousals, regarded as true marriage, from the brides entering the house of her husband. When Joseph became aware of Mary's pregnancy, he thought of putting her away privately without exposure until an angel revealed the mystery to him. He received Mary into his home and acquired the parental right of naming the infant to be born of her. We can go on for a long time. I'm taking a departure from Father Harden for a moment. I always like this part, how God respected Joseph because he does this with us too, God, God does. God knows what facts you have known to you. He knows your circumstance. He knows the things you've seen. He knows what you're aware of. Joseph wasn't aware of the whole plan. And he sees Mary, who he thought was a virgin, but she's pregnant. So God found a way to let Joseph know, hey, it's okay. It's not what you think it is. I did this. And I always think that's something because Joseph didn't have to do what, can you imagine what that was like? I mean, you just imagine you're friends with Joseph and he says, hey, I had this dream and it's all okay. When you kind of roll your eyes, you'd be like, what? You're going to do that all based on a dream? You'd still have those second thoughts about it, right? Joseph had to wonder too at some point. And these are things that come up in those daily devotions for the month of March. They can be done again uh, later uh, in June. But for March, these kind of thoughts come up and they make you think about a little bit more than just the picture of Joseph and the nativity. That's just a thought if you were, you know, for the feast day. Let's go back to Father Hardin. The census decree of Emperor Augustus sent Joseph with Mary to Bethlehem, where he probably owned a small field, since the law required enrollment in the place where land was held. When the shepherds came to visit the Christ child, they found him with Jesus and his mother. Forty days after Jesus was born, Joseph accompanied Mary and her son at the presentation in the temple, and through angelic direction fled into Egypt to escape the anger of Herod. Twice, the evangelist Luke says that Christ lived in Nazareth with Joseph and Mary. First, after the presentation, and again, when Jesus, at the age of 12, was found in Jerusalem among the doctors, after being lost for three days. After this, the only references to Joseph in the Gospels are to identify him as the reputed father of Jesus and a workman whose humble origin scandalized the critics of his putative son. Very probably, Joseph died before Christ finished his hidden life, since he is completely absent from the public life, whereas Christ's mother and brethren are mentioned more than once. The title Son of Mary, which the people occasionally used of Christ, 
also intimates that Mary was a widow by the time her son began his public ministry. St. Joseph, pray for us. That's pretty cool. That's, that's the guy whose feast is today. On the front page of the website, you can find a, a link to the, the index page for, uh, for uh, the St. Joseph Meditations daily. Today's on the 19th day is covering St. Joseph's sixth, sixth joy. And it uh, covers the life with Jesus and Mary at Nazareth. And, and these kind of get into, they're, they're quick. You know, none of these daily devotions that we put up on the, on the website, they come from uh, the same priest that edited the Catechism Explained way back when in the 19th century. He wrote this small devotional guide called With God. And that's where these come from. And it's kind of funny because they're, they're almost perfect. I mean, they're perfect even for today. Short, quick, but a lot of fruit from them. I encourage you to go check them out. If you'd like these read, if you think you like that idea, I think I'm up for it. I'm up for putting uh, the daily meditations read on there. I just don't know how you want to see them. Do you want to see them in the same podcast feed? Do you, would you rather see them in a different feed so that you can have the interviews in one place and short, quick messages like this in another place and the devotions mixed in so there's a... We could keep a little more regularity with podcasts that way, keep in touch with each other more that way, uh, and meanwhile make it easier to find those long, good interviews like the one with Sister Rita, uh, another one with Friar Anthony, the one with Landon, one maybe we'll do another one with Dijak. All those would be in the long-form interviews like that. The long discussions would be in another place. I don't know. You guys tell me what you think. Uh We'll get it set up. We'll get it going. This is going to go in. We'll call this episode 12. This will go in with everything else. It's shorter than the others. Uh, I'm passing up uh, the discussion on hell and all these problems today. I could get way into talking more about St. Joseph and angels and even Sodom and Gomorrah. Think about that today. Oh, my gosh. But even some of the other deeper stuff, you know, it's funny to me that one of the episodes in the past, the day tent with the devil, that was the last episode that was up before this one. I talked about stories of priests pushed out of their parish because they tried uh, putting in traditional practices. Stories I heard about how priests like that were pushed out to the margins, pushed out to the farms, pushed out to rural life. And here in the news, we've, we've heard about Father Kalchik in Chicago uh, Father Eddie Dwyer, whose news was around, who was pushed uh, into a smaller parish up there in Saginaw, basically removed from campus ministry because uh was getting away from Amchurch practices. Uh, I recently saw you know, tweets where people are saying anybody that can't see that there's two churches is blind. I, I, I felt that way for 20 years. You know, day tent with the devil that we discussed, and I don't, maybe you see us differently. I don't think so, though, from the feedback we got on, on that day tent with the devil. There are two churches there. There are the people that are okay sitting at the table with the devil, and there's the people that aren't. And it's been that way for decades now. But you can kind of see the people that are okay being at the table with the devil are getting too greedy. They're, 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 they're out there. You can see it. 
and and the sunlight is getting into these dark closets. It's a good word for it. The dark closets of the church, right? Uh, it's going to be quite a ride. I have every confidence the Blessed Mother is going to take care of it, though. You should, too. I don't know what that means, and this is probably a whole other discussion. I don't know what that means for people who live in a place where they can't find a good mass. And they're, 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 those are around. Fortunately, God has spared me from that. And, and when I talk with others, God always seems to keep a good priest around in a variety of places where you can still kind of duck out and hide out from the progressive mess. Hopefully you have one of those. If you don't, leave a comment, ask on the podcast. Maybe there's other people in your area that could find out. Or there's other places to find these things. Usually ask the Blessed Mother. She'll answer that prayer quicker than anything. You tell her, Mary, I need a good place to, to, to be with your son at Mass. And I need a good place to get the sacraments. I need a good priest. Help me. She'll help you. That's probably the fastest and best way. So let's keep this short and sweet. Do get on there in the comments on the website. Let me know what you think. Do you want everything mixed up in one feed? Do you want to make two feeds? Should I split the small stuff like this off? Or do you want it all mixed in in one? We could set it up both ways. question is, what would you like? What would make it easier for you? Let's clue out with a prayer. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Peking, Empress of China, pray for us, pray for Cardinal Zen. You have been listening to the Bellman Forum Podcast, Episode 12 with John Manos. I'm your show host, John B. Manos. Production of the episode was underwritten by an anonymous donor that asked you to say a rosary daily. If you would like to underwrite production of the podcast, contact the forum using the contact form in the website, bellamanforum.org, or call us. This podcast is a production of the Bellarmine Forum, formerly known as the Wanderer Forum Foundation, founded in 1965 on the heels of Vatican II as a faithful enclave of the Catholic faith without all the progressive modernist confusion. Our producer sits at the right hand of his father and will come again to glory in glory to judge the living and the dead. Our executive director made all things visible and invisible. Our technical director is an unnamed angel assigned to us by the producer per show. The Bellarmine Forum is a nonprofit public charity, and all donations are tax-deductible to the maximum extent permitted by law. This show is copyrighted by the Bellarmine Forum 2019 to the greater glory of God and the honor of His Blessed Mother.